This week on the Tech on Tap podcast, we bring in the XCP team to talk about what XCP can do and how it works. It slices, it dices, it migrates. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi, Glenn Sizemore, and Sully the Monster. I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. In the studio with me today, Andrew Sullivan. Your dance moves have improved, dude. I'm doing the robot. I I noticed that was that was a uh, that was a good robot. You want to see me shut it down? Okay, shut it down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't work on podcasts because you can't see it. But I trust me, it was awesome. No, my my wife's been watching America's Got Talent, and uh, yeah, I I think you could be a competitor. I could be a competitor briefly. While they they, they would look at me once and be like, "Yeah, um, we don't need a robot." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so this week's podcast, we're going to talk about uh, something near and dear to my heart, um, XCP. Uh, so we've had some other podcasts previously discussing data migration to things like flex groups and that sort of thing, and and XCP ties in nicely with that. And we have not had a dedicated episode to that, and now we do. Uh, so with us today to talk about XCP, uh, Bogdan Minchu. Is that how I say that, Bogdan? Yes, that's very correct. Hey, there we go. All right, so Bogdan, tell us what you do here at NetApp and if you have any uh, social media contact information for us. So uh, I'm the lead developer of XCP. Uh, basically, this means I'm managing a small development team to provide uh, products around the XCP portfolio. I'm, um, let's say, part-time Scrum Master, part-time Architect, part-time programmer and part-time DevOps. So uh, I do a little bit of everything, but nothing really good. <laughs> so do you have any social media presence that we uh, we can tell, like Twitter or anything like that you want to give out, or just your email address or the XCP general deal? Well, I think that uh, for, for the XCP itself, people can just get their information on xcp.netup.com, but for my personal uh, social media, I think that the easiest I can be reached on LinkedIn. You just go there and type my name, and yeah, okay. I'm more or less active in there. Cool. Well, uh, we'll include that in the show notes. Also on the phone is Joshi Laser. Hi, uh, Joshi, uh, product manager for XCP. And uh, do you have any social media presence or any way to contact you, Joshi? Uh, I do have LinkedIn, but uh, uh, not that active. Okay. So I guess we won't contact you there. <laughs> yes, yeah, sure. <laughs> We're going to dive right into the XCP piece. Uh, so, Joshi, if you could just give us the uh, elevator pitch, more or less, of XCP you know, how it came about and why it makes such sense for people to use it for not just data migration, but also for data reporting. So XCP, uh, as you all know that uh, this basically, uh, uh, we do have a scanning and uh, you know, the reporting feature in, uh, in it, which is very useful to analyze the data, the customer environment and get the report to us. And that will make us uh, good for uh, do the better planning and uh, the migration. So the second one is that uh, data copy, the migration uh, aspect, it is compared to much other tool much faster, uh, especially on the NFS version is uh, even uh, sometime 20 to 30% uh, times faster than the normally available uh, tools in the market. And we also have uh, another version that is a SIPS protocol is coming on and it is uh, going to be released in a couple of weeks. Okay. 
So let's focus on the NFS version first, since that's been around a lot longer. Um, Bogdan, if you could give us kind of a high level or even as deep as you want about how that particular tool works, like how is it doing things faster than stuff like rsync? Well, originally, NFS uh, data migration tools were working more or less synchronously when interacting with the NFS protocol. So basically, they were sending an NFS request, like let's say the Reader Plus request, waiting for the NFS server to reply with uh, all the entries in a directory of an NFS export, and then starting start doing work with it, be it either uh, starting copying files in there or diving deeper into um, those subdirectories. What XP does, on the other hand, is that we are parallelizing those calls. Uh, basically, the first call that we are sending, it's of course the read plus call, but then for all the directories that are part of that reply, we are spawning multiple XCP sub-processes that, that, that does the job for us. Um, not only that, so not uh, the, the speed of XCP doesn't come only from the from splitting those sub-directories into multiple threads, but we are also uh, sending NFS requests in batches. So we don't just send one request and wait for the reply. We send 100 requests, let's say. Of course, this is configurable. And we process the replies as, as they come. And the same thing goes on the on the target machine when we send uh, NFS requests to create data, uh, I mean, directories, files, and all that. So in a nutshell, that's pretty much how um, what the innovation inside the XCP NFS engine is. Okay, so you mentioned that we send batch requests and we can send you know 100 or 200, however many we want to set up. I'm guessing that the client plays a major part in this, uh, the client performance. Um, so let's just talk about that. Like, what kind of clients do we need to use? Do we need to use multiple clients? You know, what is our network looking like? Is this something that can be as fast as you want it to be, depending on how much hardware you throw at it? That's, uh, I think that's correct. That's a correct statement. Uh, XCP will always hit a, a bottleneck. Uh, we've seen based on. The, the migration projects we have attended, that the the algorithms are never the bottleneck. XCP will either hit the CPU limit or the memory limit or the network bandwidth limit. But most of the times we see that um, XCP hits the disk's speed limit because you know when people migrate from from storage, it can very often happen that that storage they migrate off of is uh, old storage that's not so performant as. Uh, as the new storage in which they are migrating to. Essentially, we can go as fast as anything the hardware can handle. That said, I mean, we do have some new technology on the ONTAP side that kind of plays in nicely with the XCP uh, tool, What you know, the flex group technology. So what are you seeing in the field in terms of XCP to flex group migrations? Um, I can speak of <laughs> from the limited visibility I have in there. I know that uh, the XCP tool has been the tool of choice uh, when... Uh, migrating towards flex groups. Um, but that's pretty much everything I know around that topic. Oh, okay. So you just know that it's being used. Um, so let yep. me add a little color to that. Um, so the uh, the flex group <laughs> technology, I mean, allows you to ingest data on an evenly distributed basis. And we actually play into the XCP tool nicely because it also parallelizes the operations. So as XCP tries to dump as much data to a cluster as possible, flex groups is going to naturally handle that ingest of that data and balance it pretty nicely across nodes and member volumes. So if you are doing a migration uh, and you're going to a flex group, whether it's from a flex vol or competitor system to a flex group, XCP does make a lot of sense, especially when you're dealing with NFS v3 data 
and then eventually sifts, and we'll we'll touch on that in a second here as well once we finish the the NFS portion here. Um, so that said, I mean XCP can be used agnostically across any platform, right? So I can come from X system to ONTAP. Yes, definitely. As long as it speaks NFS, XCP is there to help you. Uh, we do not uh, call any vendor-dependent APIs to perform the integrations. We are just pulling data on NFS and sending it on NFS. Any NFS v4 support planned or, you know, in the future is on the roadmap at all? The NFS v4, uh, the usage from the customer perspective, the volume is very low. So we have not prioritized, but it is there in the roadmap, long-term roadmap plan. Okay, cool. That makes sense. We've touched on NFS and, and the support for that. What version are we currently on for NFS in terms of the XCP version, right? We are now at version 1.3. Uh, which means we had already three successful releases on the roadmap. We are working as well on 1.4, uh, which uh, for which we don't have yet a clear release date for, but uh, we work on a couple of enhancements in there as well. Um, one of the features we are building in right now, it's a new sync algorithm, which is an indexless sync algorithm. And the other one, which we hope it's gonna uh, come up also in 1.4, it's a new throttling mechanism. Uh, and um, we have received a lot of um, demand from the from our customers base to introduce a throttling mechanism because sometimes XCP is simply too fast and they just consume the entire bandwidth of their source systems when they are either discovering it or migrating from it. And those systems are usually production systems and they simply can't afford that. So can, can we talk a little bit more about the sync side of things for a moment? So you said that there's an indexless sync algorithm that's planned for the next release. Can you can you explain what sync or how sync works today and then how that indexless will change that? Usually when we um, recommend, when we offer support to our customers into what are, what's the best practice of doing my migration project with XCP, we recommend them to run a, an XCP scan, which will offer you some detailed reporting about the file and directory layout on your source system. Then they are performing the so-called baseline copy, which is basically the XCP copy command. Uh, that's usually, or actually all the time, run against uh, an empty target. It will just do a baseline copy. Uh, the source system can be, of course, live, and the target system must be. Uh, offline or read-only, and then they can run a bunch of incremental things. At some point, they will have to um, do a cutover and perform a final incremental thing during the cutover. All those things uh, are currently based on index, and by index, I mean that XCP keeps track of all the files that are um, on a source at the moment when it's doing the sync. Basically, we keep um, the whole directory structure with uh, all the file metadata around it in uh, a zipped file in the XCP catalog. When we are running the incremental sync, XCP is checking if there are any changes comparing source and the index. So as you can see, XCP never touches base with the target to determine if something else happened on the target, if there are any other NFS clients that change the target, because simply we, we don't support the use case of having a live target until, uh, well, the migration project is done. So that's the, the, that's the indexed approach to XCP sync. Now, we have had a couple of um, 
users out there that requested um, XCP to perform uh, things against uh, a source and a target that were not baseline with XCP. And this, uh, this was simply impossible before because XCP needs the baseline uh, index to run on. So now what we are doing is that we are implementing a new algorithm that will uh, scan both source and target, will create a diff uh, out of that difference, and will decide to run certain uh, commands to synchronize them. So is this something that could be used uh, in a way that MB, like similar to NDMP? So if I'm doing NDMP backups, could I potentially use XCP as a backup utility? You can definitely use XCP as a backup utility uh, as soon as this uh, algorithm would be uh, released in XCP. Yeah, so NDMP, and the reason why I bring up NDMP is because Flex Groups doesn't support NDMP. So if somebody's looking to back up a Flex Group, XCP potentially could be a viable alternative to do that in the future when we have the algorithm, right? Right, right. That's correct. Yes. Well, I, I was also wondering if this could potentially be used as a, uh, a do you remember OSSV, Justin? I do, Open System Snapball. Yeah, uh, could, could this be used in place, or, or I guess OSSV has been gone for, what, eight, ten years, something it's like that? It's been a while, yeah. yeah. People have asked for it, too, so this yeah. could be a compelling way to do that. What do you think? So, so Bogdan, let me give you some background. So OSSV was Open System Snapball, and the, the idea behind it was the ability to do a snap vault from any client, so whether it's Windows or Linux or any other uh, OS, and back up to a storage system, using like a snapfall protocol. Um, they got rid of that a few years ago. I don't know how many years ago. It might have been eight to ten years. I, um, and since then, there's been a gap. Would, would XCP be something that could be used since it is agnostic and it just uses a protocol? Could it be used like an OSSV technology? Well, yes. I, do, I don't see a reason why it shouldn't. It's um, From a functional perspective, is exactly what you have just described. Excellent. So it sounds like XCP has a lot more use cases than we can think about, right? So, I mean, there's there's the migration use case, and people really point to that as the main use case for XCP, but I've always seen it as more. So you have the reporting aspect, and you get nice little graphs that get generated, right? That's an excellent uh, point you're making uh, there. Is, <laughs> we have uh, first released the tool as a, as a data migration tool, so we thought that customers will take it, and um, they will just do data migrations with it. We have also built in, uh, well, not built in, but we have also developed a um, statistics uh, server where XCP sends um, statistics about how the tool is used. And based on the data that we receive, we see that more than 60% of the use cases is for data discovery, um, which was a bit surprising for us because you know the tool is labeled as data migration, but we we just realized that customers benefit of the great scanning. Uh, capabilities of XCP. So what what do you mean by data discovery in this case? What What's the type of information that's being reported out? Well, around the um, XCP scan, that, that's, that's one of the six main commands of XCP, uh, you get all sorts of reporting that can be done for you. Um, I think that the, the, the first report that users might want to check it out is um, XCP scan dash, dash HTML that will output for you a static HTML file containing information about, let's say, what's the file size distribution. For instance, how many files do I have in the range from zero to eight kilobytes or from eight kilobytes to 64 kilobytes? Or who are um, the top uh, five users that are using uh, data on this volume? Uh, how is the file distribution in terms of access time, um, modification time, and creation time? Meaning how many files do I have 
that have not been touched in more than uh, one year, and so on. So those are the kind of reporting that XCP does for you uh, in the HTML format. Now, there's more to um, XCP discovery capabilities once you learn how to use the scan command. Um, it can build all sorts of customized reports. Um, and this is thanks to the uh, matching and formatting uh, options that we have put in. For instance, you can, um, you can decide to run a scan on, let's say, uh, 100 million files and export to CSV the full path and uh, the owner of all the files that were not accessed in more than three months. Um, of course, for these kind of reports, you have to do a bit of uh, scripting yourself, but hey, XCP in the end, it's, a, it's an expert tool. It sounds like this is also, this is funny because we keep talking about products that have been discontinued um, at NetApp, and then they are now being uh, revived by the XCP tool by accident, really. Uh, so there was a tool in DFM called File SRM, which is a, like a, a file walking tool that would do very similar things to what you're talking about XCP would do with scans and look up file sizes and users and that sort of thing. So FSRM, if you're missing that tool, then XCP is a solution you could potentially look at for that particular use case. Um, so we've covered OSSV now, FSRM. <laughs> Let's find out what else this XCP tool can do here. There's um, one other um, use case I, I wanted to, to highlight because we keep seeing this in uh, on our support distribution list. Um, and uh, that's, you know... Some of our users uh, are willing to do a DU, so a disk usage on a, on a volume, and find out the, how much are those top-level directories uh, using. And if you try to do this by mounting uh, a volume on a Linux system, that might take a lot of time because of the nature of the, of the NFS client built in those Linux VMs. Um, XCP has an option for this as well. So you can, you can run a scan-du, which will offer you a list of directories and their entire disk usage. And best, based on this report, which may sound, uh, at least to me as a, as a non-storage expert, uh, it, it sounded like, a, like a, let's say, a trivial report to build, but it helps our customers to understand how they would split out their uh, volumes and how they would like to uh, distribute their migration jobs. So yeah, you can, you can take this information out of XCP as well. Yeah, that was actually what I was going to – I remember now, now that you mentioned DU. So um, what I've seen customers use this for in addition to DU is LS, right? So a lot of customers need to run LS on a large amount of files for whatever reason, uh, and that can also take a long amount of time because single operation serial processing on a flex ball and, you know, in some cases even a flex group, right? Because if you're, if you're only doing it to a single directory on a single volume, you're still going to run into a serial processing um, so XCP can do things like DU and LS across multiple th threads and allow you faster processing time. So as Joshi mentioned, up to 20 to 30% faster, right, for, for these sorts of operations. Um, that said... Uh, um, just a, a correction there. It's, it was 20 times faster. That's oh, right. sorry. 20 times faster. Even better than I thought. Yeah, that's like 2,000%. <laughs> yeah, that's right, 2,000. Math. That said, I mean, can we do things like RM? like deleting files with XCP? I mean, do we have that capability where we can do multi-threaded deletions? Because notoriously, deletions in ONTAP have been slow as well. So can we speed that process up with XCP? <laughs> you know, we get this question pretty often on the, on the, on the support channels. Uh, we try to be really reluctant to, to, to offering this capability out wide to the public, public because it's, uh, you know, it's removing data. It's something that you cannot... Uh, 
come back from in case you didn't take any <laughs> security measures. We do have it. It's part of the Diag um, command that, you, that is hidden. It's where we place all the experimental and uh, pre-release uh, features in XCP. It's uh, it's not supported. The, the, our, our official stand to that is try it. If it works for you, that's great. If it doesn't work, then, well, we don't support it officially. <laughs> that's Sorry. the kind of message we've sent so, it so to customers. Messages take a snapshot before you do this? Right. More or less, it, it revolves around that. Wait, what goes wrong here? Like, it doesn't delete your data? Is it? No, what goes wrong is that it does delete your data, but maybe it deletes too much of it. Maybe you, you, put the, you fat finger a command and it just grabs, you, you deleted everything. Yeah, yeah right. No. <laughs> that was my tongue in cheek. You have a terrible tongue and a terrible cheek. Uh, you know, <laughs> if the shoe fits. Anyway, um, okay, so RM use case, you know, it's there, but not necessarily supported, but it's there. Uh, and, you know, the reason why I ask is because we do hear this a lot, especially in these large high file count environments where you need to delete things faster than we can do with normal delete commands. So it is something to keep in mind. So if you do want to do deletions, I guess get, get support engaged and kind of take a snapshot and make sure you do it at your own risk. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, uh, so Bogdan, um, what are some best practices that you would recommend for XCP? And we'll, we'll, we'll go into that, and then we'll move on to the SIFS portion. I think this is more or less a no-brainer. We always ask our customers to run um, XCP on uh, in, in a 10 gigabit um, network environment so that they, they don't reach the network limit so fast. Second is that we recommend them to run it on a VM that has access to more than one CPU because otherwise uh, parallelization will have to suffer. What I want to touch on really, the one I'm thinking of, is we talked about parallelization and the threads. How would you map threads to CPU utilization? Like how would you recommend setting a threading? Like so you can do parallel 100, but that doesn't mean you're going to get 100 parallelization operations when you deal with a single CPU with five threads, right? Usually people think that, or not usually, but we have seen customers thinking that the more parallel threads that uh, they they are um, configuring XCP to run on, the faster it will be. But that's usually not the case. So our recommendation would be to do a one-on-one -on -one, um, pairing uh, CPU uh, to number of parallel threads. And the reason behind that is that, let's say if you're deciding to run XCP on 100 parallel threads, then the main XCP process will spend more time orchestrating the communication between those uh, sub-processes than doing actual um, NFS job. And that's mapping to CPU or CPU thread? That's mapping to a CPU thread. Well, you know, when we speak about threads in XCP, it's more or less that, that the, the comma definition, but to be technically precise, it's there are sub-processes. Basically, if you decide to run XCP dash parallel 64, you will see that when the when the copy or the scan operation will start, if you run a top, you will see 64 XCP processes uh, on the Linux box. So we are actually spawning uh, that number of sub-processes from XCP. Well, we definitely want to be technically precise. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> as accurate as possible. All right, so we talked about NFS XCP. Uh, now let's touch on SIFS XCP. And I understand that's a separate product altogether. It's separate development cycles. Talk a little bit about how the SIFS XCP is going to work and what sort of technology it uses. 
So we're using SIF. So is it tying into WMI or is it tying into the SIS protocol itself? How is that transfer happening? I mean, how are we doing that parallelization of that operation? So in contrast to with the algorithms that we've put in place on the XCPNFS version, on the SIPs, in the SIPs world, we have decided for the first version to release um, a product that uses uh, Windows API to perform um, file migrations or file reporting in, in the SMB world, which means we didn't re-implement um, the, the SIPs algorithm, but instead we are parallelizing system calls against some uh, SIPs shares that are accessible to uh, the box where the XCP runs. Uh, the, the side effect of that is that we are able to support whatever SMB versions the, the host, the Windows host supports, or well, whatever SMB versions are negotiated between the, the Windows host and uh, the, the storage system. So just, just to be clear, when we're using NFS, the uh, management or the XCP system is a part of the data path. Right, it it copies off of the the source system to the target system. But when we're using SMB, it's a direct copy from the source to the target. The control system is not a part of that data path. No, it is. It is. Sorry, I, I didn't make myself clear on that. Uh, I was the the difference I was trying to highlight is that for the NFS version, we have implemented our own parallelized NFS client. So we don't go through the operating system layer to perform NFS operations. Uh, it, this is, as you know, of course, this is a three-way migration. So first we pull data from the NFS server to the host, and then we send it to the target. The same three-way migration path takes uh, data also when, when it is migrated with XCP for SIFs. So we also pull data from the source and send to the host and then send it to the target. But we didn't implement our own SIFs or SMB client. Instead, we are just relying on uh, the calls that Windows is doing to you know, pull data and send data to source and target. Okay, that, that makes sense. I, I was a little bit confused as to where whether or not it was in the data path. Data path is the same, so we are still a host-based tool. Um, the difference is in the way it's basically in the architecture that we've put in place. So uh, I know this is a initial release for XCP SIFs. So what sort of limitations do we have currently and what are we planning on filling as far as gaps go in the future? Right. So we, we focused on keeping the same uh, capabilities, the same file level capabilities as for XCP NFS. Uh, actually, we have the same um, CLI API, as we call it. So XCP SIFs. Uh, is built around also around uh, show, scan, copy, verify, and sync commands. So basically, you can you can see the details of your shares, um, which are more verbose than on uh, XCP for NFS, as you can uh, as you can imagine. Uh, you can also do scans. Um, in here for scanning, we've uh, we've worked around a lot around um, matching and formatting, and we think that we have put in place a really robust and maybe more richer than the, than the formatting and matching uh, from NFS. It's fully documented, by the way. This was one of the pains of the uh, that we we've seen on the support channels for NFS. Uh, we have copy, which is baseline copy, and, and we have um, verify and sync. The sync that comes with the first version of uh, XCP for SIFs is an indexless sync. Uh, it's the same as uh, the algorithm I have described for um, 
the new sync algorithm in NFS, uh, which means that you can run an XCPC sync on any source and target, regardless of the tool that you have used to perform the baseline. Um, on top of those features, which from a functional perspective are the same as for NFS, we also handle ECHLs. Um, well, that's pretty straightforward. We, we, we copy ECHLs. Um, can you copy just the ACLs? I mean, can, is there a way to, to migrate the files and copy the ACLs later? Or is this like an all or nothing type of thing? So I'm thinking in terms of RoboCopy comparisons. Yes, you can, couple just, you can copy just the ACLs. Basically, we have a couple of um, options that you can specify to the sync command that uh, leave out data. For instance, you have the uh, or leave out portions of your of, of your files. You have the no uh, data um, option that will do exactly just what you asked. How do I copy just the echoes or well, leave out the data? So in line with the earlier question about doing a large scale removal of data, is it possible to do updating of those ACLs? For example, if uh, Justin, the disgruntled administrator, you know, went in and repermissioned a, a huge folder, and as he was walking out the door, Grrr. could we could we leverage the XCP SIFS functionality in order to go in and either restore and or repermission those files in a more efficient manner? Yes, definitely. Uh, so as I told you, you, all you have to do would be to just run a sync no data, specify a source and a target as parameters, and XCP for SIFS will just copy the ACLs for you. It will leave all the data. Cool. So uh, as far as the SIFS access now, um, that's going to bring into question things like multi-protocol support. So being able to access and migrate data on SIFS or NFS, you know, depending on the security style. And what I've noticed with the NFS tools, when I try to migrate data on NTFS shares, like NTFS security style volumes, uh, it has issues dealing with the ACLs and ends up erroring out on me. Um, is there any way to get around those errors by, you know, excluding ACLs and then migrating later? Or are we just going you know, to be doing SIFs for that? How are we handling multi-protocol scenarios like that? So basically what I'm talking about is, so I, I, let's say I have an NTFS security style share and it has NTFS ACLs. And with XCP NFS, if I migrated that data, I would get a bunch of errors because it couldn't figure out what to do with those ACLs. And there's no way for me to tell it not to migrate the ACLs in that case, just to bypass all that stuff. It, it tries to do a... Um, it tries to do a, a, a change adder, so a chone or a whatever, and it can't because it's NTFS security style. Is there a way to tell it not to do that, or are we going to be – are we dealing with using XCP based on the security style of the volume? Yes, pretty much. You will – if you are running XCP for NFS, to copy NFS data, it will just copy NFS data. If you're running it uh, for SIFs, it will just copy SIFs data. I'm not sure how much that answers your question, but uh, we we don't deal with mixed security style. Right. So so what you're saying is, is if I have a, a scenario where I'm accessing the same data from NFS and uh, SIFs, I need to recognize what my volume security style is and then use the XCP version that is map, mapped to that particular security style. So, for example, if I have an NTFS security style volume, then I need to use SIFS XCP. If I have a Unix security style volume, I need to use NFS XCP. Is that correct? That's correct, yes. That's correct. Okay, so let's talk about some use cases for XCP. We talked about moving data, and we talked about scanning. Um, how does this compare to 7MO transition tool, Joshi? 
this uh, 7MTT, that is 7MO transition tool, has a few exceptions which uh, uh, don't handle by the tool. That is, uh, uh, one is the traditional volume, and another one is a 32-bit volume, third one Q3. So these three scenarios, the 7MTT tool does not cover, but XCP uh, does uh, these three transit migration very excellently. Okay, so that's cool. So let's talk about that for a second. Um, one of the challenges people run into is if they want to use something like 7MO Transition Tool, they have to be on a specific version of ONTAP. For a that variety of reasons, that might not be possible, whether it's hardware or outage times. Uh, they don't maybe want to move to the ONTAP version before they migrate because they don't want to take that outage. So XCP is a stopgap for customers that want to move from things like traditional volumes, which I, I, I can't see how many of those are out there still. Um, but 32-bit volumes is a good example because some people are still on older versions of ONTAP that didn't convert to 64-bit. And uh, more compelling is the Qtree use case because there are a lot of Qtrees out there. So being able to migrate from a Qtree to using something on, on clustered ONTAP is, is a valuable piece of the XCP puzzle. That's right. So... That said, um, we've talked about how XCP is kind of reviving old ONTAP products. Um, what about Qtree Snap Mirror? Could, could we use XCP as kind of a Qtree Snap Mirror? So instead of having to do a volume-based Snap Mirror for all my Qtrees, could I set up an XCP thread as a cron job and do a kind of Qtree Snap Mirror? Could I use XCP to act as if it were a Qtree Snap Mirror, right? So let's say I don't want to do a t an entire volume Snap Mirror. I've got... 100 Qtrees, but I only care about 10 of them that I want to replicate. And yes, I don't want to set up... Yep, so go, we so can go ahead. do that one. Okay, cool. So I can use XCP not only like, uh, you know, doing X, uh, file SRM or, you know, OSSV, the Open System Snapfall, but I could also kind of use it for a Qtree snap mirror. So it's another use case where I can maybe fill a gap or use a workaround and use XCP as something to fill a hole that I might have had previously in my environment. That's correct. I'm... I'm just trying to get you guys more use cases, man. <laughs> these are things that the, the field and customers have been asking for, and these are these are things that XCP can help solve. And the more customers that use your tool, the better for you. <laughs> That's right. All right, so Bogdan, we mentioned a lot of the features for XCP uh, for SIFs, um, but we didn't talk about any limitations. And my understanding is one of the limitations is is taking ownership. Is that correct? That's correct. That's uh, that's the biggest uh, limitation that uh, we received during the the beta phase. Uh, basically, if you're not part of the, um, if if you're not the owner of the files uh, and you can't read them normally, then you won't be able to migrate them with XCP. And that's from the source system, right? So you need to be the owner on the source system. So doing stuff on the ONTAP system may not necessarily help you. So adding users to local admin groups or setting a SIF super user that's not going to help you on the source system, correct? That's correct. However, we have already started working on um, on supporting this feature, and uh, the 1.1 release is on the way, and this will be the uh, one of the enhancements in there. Okay. Um, even though I'm not the owner of the file, could I do things like copying ACLs? No, you won't be able to do that. So I can't do anything with that. Okay, so I, I, basically what I'm faced with is having to take that source system and make myself the owner or an administrator of some sort on that source system. That's it. Yes, that's correct. And that's as as we we've seen so far. That's a bit that's a bit inconvenient for our users. So that's why we decided to build that in. 
Okay. And are we going to be leveraging things like backup operators groups? I mean, how are we going to work around that issue? Exactly. Exactly. So we will rely on uh, the fact that the administrator is part of the backup operators group, and uh, we start the workflow from there. Okay, cool. So we should see that in a future release, and that'll take care of that problem. Right. Right. So, Bogdan, um, we hear a lot about XCP being fast, and whenever somebody says something's fast, there's always this question that follows that up is, okay, well, how fast? Can you prove it? Uh, so what sort of things are you seeing in XCP migrations or data copies that prove to us that XCP truly is fast? Well, we tackle this from two perspectives. First of all, we we take performance regression really seriously in our team. So we have a, a performance regression benchmark that we run for every uh, new release that we make. And we see that the performance in there is pretty much uh, static. We are... 20, around 23 times faster than uh, RSync when it comes to copying data. Uh, and we are around six times faster when it comes to scanning data. So just discovering it. So that's the, that's the first aspect. We run this um, uh, benchmark in our lab in an isolated environment just to make sure that we don't introduce performance bugs in it. And so far we didn't. And uh, the second perspective that we look at performance is uh, based on our customers' experience. And uh, we have seen um, some really good uh, performance um, um, statistics coming up from them. Um, we've seen customers copying a couple of uh, um, terabytes of data at around 900 megabytes per second which they said that even for them was uh, pretty uh, impressive. That's pretty cool. And this is on a 10 gig network, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, so have you, you tried, see... have you done any performance benchmarks on say 40 gig network yet? No, not that I'm aware of. No. Okay. And what about uh, flex groups? So when you're doing your performance regressions, are you doing that on flex falls or are you doing that on flex groups? <laughs> uh, on on uh, we're doing it on flex falls in our lab. We know that we've had customers doing it on uh, flex groups as well, but that site was um, what we call a dark site, so we didn't get any uh, statistics from them. So we, we, I can't speak for that. Does XCP do any validation of the data after the copy? Right? Do we do we do like an MD5 hash of the before and after, or source and target, or anything like that? Yes, definitely. You can do an MD5 uh, hash and then compare data based on that MD5, but you can also do uh, a full bit-by-bit -bit comparison. It's not something that's built in into the copy or the sync command. It's something that you will have to do manually. So you, you have uh, an XCP verify command that you will have to run. It takes two parameters, the source and the target, and based on uh, some options, it decides whether or not it should go and check just the file attributes or uh, file data itself. And that also parallelizes, so it's not like a single-threaded thing, right? Right, that's correct. That's correct. And it also offers the same reporting capabilities as uh, the um, XCP scan-stats, meaning it will show you uh, some histograms with uh, a rough overview of how many files are changed based on their file sizes or file age, age and all that. Okay. So... Um I remember at Insight last year, we had a demo of the cloud tool. What was it? Cloud Mover? What was it, what was it called? The cloud moving utility? Cloud Sync. Cloud Sync. Yep. Cloud Sync. So um, I've, I've wondered this for a while. Does XCP power Cloud Sync or does some sort of form of XCP power Cloud Sync? And if not, how does XCP tie into the data fabric story altogether? 
from my perspective, XCP ties in, in two ways. In a very direct way, um, because XCP is indeed the engine that's uh, behind CloudSync. It's, uh, it's a highly customized form of XCP, but it's still the XCP engine that powers CloudSync. Uh, and the second part is that, as you as you see, we are becoming um, multi-protocol now that XCP speaks SIFS as well. And this, I think, supports the, the core data fabric vision of moving data basically from anywhere to anywhere. There are more and more protocols, of course, that uh, we will have to support to literally say that we move data from anywhere to anywhere, but uh, we are getting there, and that's our mid-term uh, target. Okay, and CloudSync supports S3, right? So, I mean, we're, we're looking at S3 support, we're looking at SIF support, and we're looking at NFS support currently. Right. That's a pretty good subset of tools there. I mean, could always add FTP support at some point. I'm sure people will love that. <laughs> <laughs> I saw your blog post on that. Nobody, no, yeah. yeah, nobody wants to use that. How about WebDAV? WebDAV, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, PC, PCNFS. When are we getting PCNFS support for this? Uh, well, we'll have to talk to product management about that. <laughs> okay, so XCP, uh, super fast and moving things around in your data fabrics. Um, so... We can find XCP at xcp.netapp.com, and it is indeed free. There is a license you have to apply for, and you have to renew it every now and then. But that license is for tracking purposes only. Uh, it's not something you have to pay for. Uh, is that right, Joshi? That is correct. All right. So if you want to go out and try it out, I mean, it's free to try. There's no reason why you shouldn't be trying it. If you do, of course, make sure you have lots of powerful machines behind there because you're going to want to see how fast this thing can go. Um, so, uh, Bogdan, Joshi, thanks so much for joining us today and talking to us about XCP. And we're looking forward to all the newest and latest releases coming out of that product. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Right. Thanks, everyone. All right, that music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at netup.com or send us a tweet at netup. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher or via techontappodcast.com. If you like the show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap podcast team and the XCP team, thanks for listening. Man, I'm going to go play with XCP some more. There's a lot of cool stuff I didn't know about. Uh, I'm just happy that there's a, a new OSSV. Yeah, and a new Q-Tree Snap Mirror <laughs> and FSRM. Man, what else can we do with this thing? Can it can it bake cookies, Bogdan? <laughs> we will add it to the backlog definitely. I, bl- that, I love cookies, so why not? Can I put an RFE oh, in for that? Yeah. Make XCP no, make no, cookies. No, no, you can't. It's, that's that's exclusive for me. Sorry. Oh, okay. Sorry. Mm. <laughs> cookies. <laughs>